Amen. Thank you, praise team. Good morning. Amen. Right here in the middle of uh, vacation season. I love vacation season. I, I love vacations. But I love the Lord more. Amen. All right, we're going to continue a series on unlikely heroes. We're going to be speaking out of 2 Kings chapter 11. If you have a Bible and you want to turn there, or if you have an electronic device and you want to turn there, I do have some of the passage of Scripture on, on, uh, online, but I would encourage you to read that entire chapter. It is absolutely amazing. In fact, there is so much in that one chapter that you could preach on it for weeks on end and still never grasp everything that's in it. So I want to talk to you today about uh, Jehoshaphat, and I want to talk to you about the power of godly influence. Once uh, Zeus, the Greek god Zeus, was uh, going to give a prize. He was going to give a prize to the person that had accomplished the greatest feat. So all of the young men and, and women came before Zeus and they told him all of the great things that they had accomplished and all the, the battles they had won and all of the buildings they had built and, and all of the diplomacy they had, had uh, gone through. And, and every one of them had just a great story. Everybody wanting to win the prize. And yet there was just a, uh, an old man that was just sitting silently watching them all parade before Zeus. And at the end, after everybody had gone through, Zeus looked at the old man and said, Old man, what do you have to say? What did you do that you would be worthy of this reward? To which the old man replied, I was their teacher. Everyone, I mean everyone, has the opportunity to influence others for good. Socrates had a student named Plato. Plato had a student named Aristotle. And Aristotle had a student named Alexander the Great. See, the power of influence is one of the most dynamic things that we can possess. B.F. Skinner, an American psychologist, said, give me a child and I'll shape him into anything. Reverend Lindsay Duar of the Church of England said, everyone comes between men's souls and God, either as a brick wall or as a bridge. Either you are leading men to God or are you are driving them away? This is what Scripture says. It says in Proverbs 22.6, very familiar passage of Scripture. I'm sure that you could quote it, where it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Scripture is very clear that, that we, that God's people, that you and I are called to be change agents for good. Isn't that amazing? You can say, well, what, are, what is my goal in life? To change people toward the good. 
Scripture tells us Jesus himself said, You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. That we are salt in life. Salt is a preservative. That we are called to preserve and flavor this thing called life. That when you are in a conversation or when you're in a relationship with somebody, that we are the one that preserves life. That we are the ones that adds flavor to the conversation. We are light. We are called to illuminate the path of righteousness before those that we encounter. We are salt. We are light. And we live in a world that so desperately needs men and women of character to be a godly influence in our day and time. If there was ever a day or time that... that that God's people needed to stand up and, and show the world through love, through compassion, through grace, through righteousness, through holiness, that, that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, that he is the only answer for humanity. It is today. We are in need of God's people that are, are ready to take the challenge and be salt in life, to be a godly influence for the right in our world. And that's where we get to our story, the story of Jehosheba. She was a godly influence. I want to, the background of the story, and I, I want to I go slow on it because I want you to really comprehend where we are. Saul the first king of, of Israel, became king around 1050 circa. Circa means somewhere in that area. Some say 1050, some say 1055. I'm going with 1050 because it's a good, even number. Uh, then 40 years later, David becomes king around 1010 B.C. Uh, then 40 years after that, Solomon becomes king. And it's amazing that Saul, David, Solomon all served 40 years as king. Then after Solomon, Solomon's son, Jeroboam, becomes king. And, and he's lost his perspective. He's, he's not a kind person. He is not a gentle person. And, and his advisors told him as a young man, he said, if you will show a little compassion and, and leniency with, with the people, they will love you and follow you. But his reply was, my, my father whipped you with, with, uh, with a whip, but I'm going to whip you with scorpions. And that he was... He was vicious, and he was, he was strong-willed, and it caused a split in the, in the nation, in the people of God. So 10 tribes out of the 12 took off, and they followed uh, Jeroboam, and, and Rehoboam, rather, was uh, Solomon's son. They stayed, and they formed Judah, and the other ones formed the northern kingdom. And thus... You had the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. You had Israel and Judah. And from that point on, Israel, the ten tribes, never had a good king. In fact, at some point, one of their kings, Ahab, marries a Phoenician woman 
named Jezebel. And Jezebel was a, an idolater. She served Baal. And Baal worship, if you remember, was the sun god. And, and he was the one that, that was supposed to provide all of the sun and the heat for the, for the crops and provide for the rain. And when, when it became uh, a difficult time or when there was a drought, that Baal worshipers would take their own children and throw them in the fire to appease their god. And here's the northern tribe. This is the same people that, that, that the Lord opened up the Red Sea and allowed them to walk through on dry ground. The same people that, that Yahweh called his very own. And yet, it's the same people that, that were going to follow him all the generations. And yet, now they find themselves following a false god with a king that is following a false god. And along comes in the southern kingdom, Jehoshaphat. Isn't that a great name? Wouldn't you name your children Jehoshaphat? Uh, and, and, and he was a good king except for one thing. He decided that he wanted to make an affinity with the northern kingdom. He wanted to, to bring peace. He wanted to unify the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. So he allowed his son to marry Ahab and Jezebel's daughter in an effort to bring peace. And that is the blemish on his record. How many of us know that, that you can't mix oil and water? You can't mix godliness and ungodliness. You cannot mix serving God and serving Baal. Because Athaliah, which was uh, Jezebel's daughter, was as devout in serving Baal as her mother was. And she took, she took the king and caused him to serve Baal. So now we have idol worship, not just in the northern kingdom, but now we have it in the southern kingdom. In fact, it got so bad that, that they started taking stones from the temple of God and erecting temples to Baal. Let's read, let's read a little bit about this. And if I can get this. Athaliah is the mother, uh, or the daughter of Jezebel. And before we go on, she, she marries the king. The king, Joram, uh, was a king for eight years. And after that, he died. And then her son... Ahaziah becomes king. So now you have Athaliah, which is the queen mother, and you have Ahaziah, her son, which is a Baal worshiper uh, serving as king. He serves one year, and he is killed in battle. And the rightful heir should have been 
her grandson. But Athaliah does something so egregious. She decides that she wants the throne for herself. And the Bible says when Athaliah, the mother of the king, Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she proceeded to destroy the whole royal family. What does that mean? She murdered her grandchildren. I'm going to stop right here and say if Jehoshaphat would have stayed true to God, this would have never happened. But when we try to mix things that don't belong in the church or in with God's commands, that's when situations arise that never need to be there. Ahaziah didn't, or Athaliah, she didn't care about the things of God. She didn't care anything about Yahweh. She served, she served Baal. And when she saw an opportunity to seize the throne, she didn't even care about her own family. Being in power was more important to her. Than her own family. That tells me that when we allow sin in our lives, we can't compromise because sin wants to rule everything. I think that, and, and I, I'm just going to say this, and, and I know I've said it before, but I do believe that we are in a time uh, in the church that. God's people need to realize that we cannot mix culture and Christianity. That we cannot allow ourselves to be uh, in the middle for appeasement. We cannot, we cannot discredit what God has called us to be in order to bring some temporary peace with our culture. We need to realize that it's God's way and God's way only. That God has called us to be salt and light, and that's what he intends us to do, is to be salt and light. And I've seen too many times when, when churches decide that they're going to incorporate other things that are not of God, it never lasts. So here's Jehoshaphat. Athaliah is killing all of her grandchildren, and yet... Here's Jehoshaphat, which was the sister of King Ahaziah. In other words, they had the same dad, but they did not have the same mother. And, and Jehoshaphat steals Joash, a young one-year-old nephew, and hides him in the temple for six years. Athaliah is reigning as queen. She thinks that she has destroyed all of the royal seed, all the royal family, and yet the whole time there is a, a, an heir apparent living in the temple of God. Let's go on with the story. But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Jehoram, and the sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, son of Ahaziah, and stole him 
because they were about to be murdered. She put him and his nurse in a bedroom to hide him from Athaliah so he was not killed. And he remained hidden with his nurse in the temple for six years while Athaliah ruled the land. It seemed hopeless. It seemed helpless. It seemed like all of the king's descendants were dead, and yet God had one remaining. I want you to remember what what God told King David that through your descendants one would come Christ would come and Christ would would bring salvation to all and yet here's Athaliah trying to destroy the promise that God had given to David I, I want to encourage you today just because there, uh, there are promises that seem like that they will never come to pass, I want you to know and understand that God's word never falters and never fails. That God has a plan, and God's plan is going to continue. God will always get his way. The story goes on that after six years that they... they they coronate the, um, the little man Joash, and he becomes king, and, and uh, Athaliah, is, is, her life is taken from her, and, and he becomes king. And look what happens after that. In the seventh year of Jehu, Joash became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 40 years. And it goes on to say that Joash did what was right in the eyes of the Lord all the, day, all the years Jehoiada, the priest, instructed him. One woman saw an opportunity and took her nephew and hid him and instructed him in the temple of God. And because she was able to act on what she felt was right and she preserved the, the, the heir apparent that they had, they had peace for 40 years. You say, well, what does that, that mean for me? Well, I would, I would say that Jehoshaphat stole Joash and, and hid him because she understood a few things. And if, and if we want to be part of that, if we want to be a, a person that is, that is able to, to be a power of influence in somebody else's life, because you don't know that the people around you, that God is going to use them. I do know, I do know this that God is going to have a church, that God is going to, to be prosperous, that God is going to reign supreme, and it doesn't matter what the situation looks like around you, God will always come through. Jehoshaphat understood that, and I just wanted to talk about three things quickly that, that she had in her life. Number one is this, she believed in God's promises. God always keeps his word. Here's what God spoke to, to David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. He said, when your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you who will come from your own body and I will establish his kingdom. 
He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. God tells David, your, your descendants are going to be on the throne forever. And he was referring to, to Christ coming from the lineage. And yet, and here he is, and, and here's Athaliah trying to destroy what God has promised, and yet she was unable to do it because there was a Jehoshaphat that said, I believe in the promises of God and was willing to take action and, and save her nephew. Christ said that he would, he would build his church and it might stand. I think Jesus said to Peter, upon this rock I'm going to build my church and, and, and make sure that it doesn't fall apart. Upon this rock I will build my church and, and nothing will destroy it except for... God didn't say that. He said, upon this rock I will build my church in Matthew 16, 18, and the gates of hell shall not prevent it. That, that Christ said, I am building my church, and the church will prevail. So I don't know about where you're at. I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what you're experiencing. And if you're watching online, I don't know what you're experiencing. But I do know this, that if you're a child of God, if you're a follower of Christ, if you are living to be the salt and light of this world, that Christ's church will prevail. That there's nothing that the adversary can throw against you that can hinder you, that can stop you, that can defeat you. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? Christ is the head of the church, 1 Corinthians eleven three. We are the servants of righteousness and holiness. Look what Romans six twenty two says. But now that you have been set free from sin. Don't you love that? You know what that tells me? Two things. One, that, that sin binds you, it holds you, it cripples you, it, 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 it hinders you, it keeps you from being who you're supposed to really be. And he says, since you've been set free from sin and have, and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. We have been set free. Do you believe the promises of God? Do you believe in the promises that God has established in his word? Jehoshaphat did. And if you want to be a, an agent for change, if you want to be that person that is salt and light, number one, you have to believe the promises in the word of God. I believe it all. I believe everything from Genesis all the way through the maps. I love the maps on the end. You ever, when you're a kid, you've traced all the little footprints where, where, um, where Paul went? Number one, you have to believe the promises of God. If you don't believe the promises of God, you're never going to make it. Number one, you have to have faith in him. Scripture tells us if any man comes to God, he must first, he must first, he must first believe that he is. And he rewards those that diligently seek him. If you want anything from God, number one, you have to believe and trust him. In spite of what things may look like. 
Second thing is, and this is what Jehoshaphat did, she chose a side. She decided, okay, am I going to go with my stepmother uh, and, and, and serve Baal, or am I going to choose the side of God? To be honest, we all have to choose. We need to know the difference between good and evil and right and wrong. We have to consider the cost, and we need to walk and act on our convictions. Because taking a stand and choosing a side means that you need to be all in with God. Not just a little bit, not a part of it, but all in. Acts 5.29, here, Peter and, and, and the other apostles, they were, they were commanded that, that they should not teach and preach in Jesus. And they had thrown them in, in jail, and, and the angel had let Peter and them out, and they were out in the temple right after they got out of jail. I, I would have probably got out of jail, and I probably went to another country, but but no, they got out of jail and they went right back to the temple and they began to teach and preach. And the leader said, hey, didn't we tell you to stop preaching and teaching in this name? And their response was this. We ought to obey God rather than men. They had chosen a side. They knew what they believed and they stood upon that. It requires passion and fervor to choose a side this is what revelation says so because he's talking to the church in laodicea and he says so because you are lukewarm you're not hot or you're not cold i'm going about to spew you out of my mouth this is the only time in scripture that i can see where god has an upset stomach He said, I would rather the, the water, and he was referring to an aqueduct that, that, that the city of Laodicea used, and, by, and, it, and it started in the mountains, but by the time the water got to them, it was just tepid. It wasn't hot, and it wasn't cold to drink, so it was just tepid, and it tasted horrid. And, and, and he was using this for the people to understand that, man, I... If you were cold, I could drink you. And if you were hot, I could use you. But because you're neither one of them, you're just not of any value to me. What Jesus is saying is, is not that I want you to be hot for me or cold and, and run away from me. What he is, wanting, what he is saying is be productive. Be all in. Allow your life to be lived out in such a way that you, that you are salt and light, that you are all in, that you are not only a believer, but you're acting on your belief. This is what Elijah told the, the children in, in, northern, in, in the northern kingdom. He said, he said, how long will you halt between two opinions? If the Lord is God, then follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. But don't stand in the middle. There's something about God that when you believe in him, he doesn't want it to just be words, but he wants to see the words followed up by action. Because your actions really determine. Because if you are really focused or believe in something, you will do it. Amen? Elijah was telling, listen, if you're going to serve Baal, serve Baal. If you're going to serve Jehovah, serve him. 
but do one or the other. Don't stand in the middle because there is no middle ground. You're either moving toward God or you're moving away from God. And the number one thing that we need to do or understand is that, that we need to be moving toward him. So not only have a belief in, in what God says, but, but actually choose a side. Which side are you on? And the third thing is, she actually took action. That Jehoshaphat actually went over, could have sacrificed her own life to save her nephew, but in the process of her taking action, she was able to be used by God to fulfill his word. You remember what Mordecai told Queen Esther? Here's Esther, and, and she's standing, she's married to the king, and they're getting ready to destroy all the people of Israel. And, and Mordecai, her uncle, said, Could it be that you were born for such a time as this? That, that, that God has put you in a position that he will use you? And, and, but I, he, said, he went on to say, But I do know this, that God's word is going to remain faithful. And if he doesn't use you, he is going to use somebody else. But let me ask you, who has God put in your life for such a time as this? Who are you speaking into? Who, what, what influence are, are you giving to those around you? Take action. Jehoshaphat was willing to contend. She was willing to fight for the promises of God. Jude 1.3 says this, Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith which was once entrusted to the saints. Contend for the faith. I know, I know there are some words that aren't real popular today. They're, they're, really, they're not four-letter words. But things like righteousness, holiness, godliness are words that we don't share that often anymore. But God has called us to be righteous, to be holy. God has called us to godliness. And you say, well, but, but I'm not godly. And you're right, none of us are, but he is. And when he reigns in our life, when we believe him, when we choose his side and we start walking and following after him, something amazing happens. The righteousness just starts happening. Godliness, holiness is developed in our lives. So if you want to contend for the faith, number one, believe in the promises of God, build up your faith, pray always, and be evangelistic. Act on what God is giving and placing in your life. And you say, well, I don't know enough. I'm going to ask our praise team to come. I, you're, maybe you're saying, well, I just don't know enough. I don't know enough about Scripture. I don't know enough about anything to really just share my faith. Don't let that stop you. Did you know most people that you will influence are, are like in the first six months of you turning to Christ? I, I had a not 
not too many weeks ago, I had somebody connect with me on, on uh, Facebook and uh, our, our messenger, and they said, hey, are you the same guy that was there in Arkansas? And I thought, oh, man, I don't... And I said, yes, yes, I am. And, I was, and he said, well, I just wanted to let you know that you were so exuberant about serving God that I just want to let you know that stuck with me and now myself and my wife we are both followers of Christ that spoke to me one I didn't even remember talking to him I do remember him but if you had asked me to quote scripture I would have had no clue if you had asked me to, to you know the Roman road wouldn't have known it the only thing I knew was what Christ had done for me I believed him I trusted in him I chose God's side and, and just stepped out you know, you know the scripture says that the Bible's like a two-edged sword in my hand it was more like a club but God used it anyway and so it's not hard it's not difficult and it doesn't require a lot of experience it just simply requires somebody that says i want to tell you what god has done for me with a passion in your heart would you stand with me Here we are in, in July. Can you believe it's July already? And, and I am thankful for everyone that's here, praying for those that are on vacation, uh, those that are, that are, the children are, are getting ready to go in mourning because school's starting in August. Man, that, that's, just, that's just wrong on so many levels. Yeah, I... I, I uh, I always like to tell my grandchildren that we got out of school on uh, Memorial Day and we didn't go back until the Tuesday after Labor Day. And they just, they like that. I like that. I feel like they're getting gypped. But everybody's getting their, their last moment of, of vacation. But even in this time where, everybody, where we're focused on and getting ready for school and we're getting our vacations in and, and all of that, let's not forget that God has called us to be salt and light, that God has called us to be a blessing to those around us. And it only requires, as Jehoshaphat, it only requires that we believe in what God has said, that we choose his side, and we just act do what you can with what you have where you're at and let God do the work the children of Israel all they could do was walk around the walls of Jericho and God made them fall the priests could only put their foot in the water but it was God that, that split the river Moses could only put the, his staff over the water, but it was God that split the Red Sea. 
But somewhere in there, somewhere in between believing what God has said and choosing his side, it's that thing called acting, that that thing called faith, that we step out, and when we step out, God does what we can't. If it's left to us, we can't do anything. But with God, God can do it all. Father, I thank you for...